There's a story that's told about um, this guy. He's just kind of a little bit unhinged. He absolutely was, was a lunatic, according to everyone else around him. And he went out into this war. He had no business being there. And he walked from his side of the battle to the other side of the battle to the commanding, like, general. And as he walks out bare feet, kicking up dust, dust all around, he walks out singing, Alleluia, Alleluia, Jesus is King of the nations. He sang that all the way across. And they were going to, like, slaughter this guy, but the leader said, no, no. We know nothing about how angels might come to us. Do not hurt him. The guy's name was Francis of Assisi. And he had this idea that the mission of Christ was to the world. And just to make you aware, in case you're not sure, today is World Mission Sunday. And I threw in that extra story so I could say that earlier in the message. I want to start with another story. I want to continue with another story. That's the better way to go. Once upon a time, there was a young man. He's about 14 years old. And he had been, he was, he was, uh, had gone to church with his parents since he was little, all the way through to this mark of 14, which is where we're going to pick up this chapter. And he was known as the kid who, when he was baptized at age five, as he came up out of those waters, he looked at everyone, and he goes, I love God. And it was like before they could, you know, towel him down and get the water away, he was known as the kid who said he loved God. When he was 14, he was just getting ready to start high school. And the youth group... Um, came across in their teachings the gospel in the gospel of Matthew at the end where Jesus says go make followers disciples of everyone and I will be with you always these words these words in particular rang out in the ears of this little guy and I need to explain this he was very genuine had innocent childlike manner this young man took Jesus at his word. Now, it, I got to explain this. This young guy, this young teen, he was not obnoxious in his approach. He was genuine and he was friendly. And this kid did not think he had an enemy anywhere. He'd never met somebody who thought it was an enemy. But, you know, he was going into high school. He figured that out quick. <laughs> After this, it would happen that his parents would be going shopping. And as they would be going shopping, and this young man was with them, all of a sudden, the, the kid would just disappear. They'd be like, have you, have you seen him? I was going to ask if he wanted this from the, you know, what does he want for lunch? I was going to ask and buy that. Where has he gone? They'd walk down another aisle, and there he would be talking to a clerk or to somebody else who was doing their shopping and trying to get it done quickly. And he'd be talking to them how he had heard and he knew in his heart that Jesus was really important. It was really important, and he was important for their lives. Now, also, his mom would come to pick him up from high school in those early days as a freshman, and he'd be standing there chatting away with somebody he had just met, 
telling them all about Jesus and asking if they wanted to come to church with him so that they could find out more. Now, I, I need to make it clear to you that this young man did not know anything about theology, hermeneutics. He hadn't taken one class in apologetics. And yet, this young man just knew that Jesus was with him whenever he was doing the things that Jesus had told him to do, which is bring followers, make followers of everyone he met. He believed that Jesus was with him always. Now, I need to say this, and I need to say it really clearly. He knew he didn't have the answer to all the questions. In fact, he knew that he had very few answers at all. But he also believed genuinely in, he believed that people needed to be helped and that God would help him go boldly and to express the joy that had been lit, lit on fire in his heart. Maybe he did it a bit quickly. Maybe he did it a bit directly. Maybe he did it a bit foolishly. We could have that discussion. And all of his parents and friends would kind of look at him and see where he would go that they would dare not go. So there are other chapters in this story, and it can't be told all in one sitting. But the reason this story came to heart is because this young man, this young person had faith in what Jesus had said, in his promises. And I can tell you that in telling this story and contemplating it, this story convicts me in all truth. I do not have a great deal of childlike faith. I have well-trained faith. I have faith I exercise. I have those things I would do, and I long constantly to hack away at that faith and come back to the childlike faith, the faith that that kiddo had. But God, let me be clear and hear me clearly, God does not call us all to be exactly the same. To, do, to work out his calling exactly the same way. In this chapter of this story, this kid was on mission. So, this is World Mission Sunday, and before I started praying and thinking about this, I went around and I asked a bunch of you folks, when I say mission, what do you think? And I got a lot of interesting answers. I got uh, one answer. Uh, they, were, they were varied. One answer was uh, someone who serves, someone who had served in the armed forces had told me that mission meant going out to achieve, achieve an objective. Uh, sometimes it just meant following orders. Fair enough? Okay, I don't get any scowls, so I think I'm, I'm on firm ground. And if I do get scowls, I will reveal my sources. <laughs> Take it up with them. No, I'm just kidding. Someone else mentioned... Um, that um, mentioned church, uh, the people of the church, what mission means is people of the church being sent away to faraway places to spread the gospel, and it was usually in a hostile place where they're probably going to die. Like, oh. Cheery message. Uh, and when, he, when they said faraway places that they would probably die, they, they said like, like the Netherlands or England. <laughs> I, I'm not making that up. I'm just reporting. I won't give that source up because they could beat me up. And then someone else said, mentioned like, like you know, the buildings, like um, the Spanish mission at San Xavier in, in, in uh, Tucson. One other person said to me, mission? You mean like the chips? I was not expecting that. 
my grandson, he was the one who snapped it. He, a lot of people, you'd ask the question, they go, well, um, I, uh, and then they'd say what they were thinking. My grandson was instant. He was like, mission, mission impossible. I was like, really? I said, do you, do you know what mission impossible, have you seen the, the TV show? No, that's old. He's still my grandson, so I am. Then I asked him, had you seen the movies? You know, Tom Cruise and all that? And he goes, no, never seen that. Well, where did you get Mission Impossible from? He goes, oh, the commercials. And then after the commercials, there was one YouTube thing. And so I knew about Mission Impossible. I knew the music. I knew the tape recorder. And in case you're not sure, first of all, I want to apologize. If that song is going through your head as a brainworm for the rest of the day, I'm sorry. You notice I didn't hum it though, right? That deserves a thank you, I think. You're welcome. Thank you so much. You're good. So here's how it goes. Ready? Uh, it goes like this. Mr. Phelps, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is blah, 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 blah. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. And again, maybe I shouldn't use this example on Mission Sunday, but there is something about Mission Impossible to make a comment about. Today's gospel. Today's gospel tells us that the Lord of the harvest has been working. That's the word. And Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And if you go a little bit elsewhere, in the gospel according to John, Jesus says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields. They are white for harvest. Already one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. The Lord of the harvest, the Lord of the harvest, the Lord, he's the one who gives the increase. He's been working to ensure that there's something out there to harvest. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God, the Lord of the harvest, gave the increase. The Lord of the harvest has given to us the increase. And Jesus is asking for all of us, all of us, to pray that God will send out laborers. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, first and foremost, is to pray. Doesn't sound too hefty, right? It's not a big lift. That's, that's how they put it in my industry. It's not a big lift. But it's what we're called to do. Now you all have free, free will. Every last one of you has free will. And that free will means that you can elect to do this or not to do it. Let me be clear. Free will gives you the freedom to not do the right thing. It doesn't give you the right to do the right thing. And not doing the right thing doesn't, you know, doing the wrong thing does not make it right. We can exercise our free will to fulfill what we've been asked to do, or we can exercise our free will to not do it. I want to encourage you. This one is something you can slide in amongst your other prayers. But we'll talk about that a little more later. 
Jesus also asked the Lord to send out laborers. From Acts, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Sumeria, and to the ends of the earth. We who have been baptized and we have received the Holy Spirit, we are sent. So where are you sent? In an ever-growing circle that starts maybe with your home, in an ever-growing circle that might be this church, sure, but then out from there, wheresoever it is that you go, you are sent. Being sent is not necessarily always convenient. All right, good, good, right? And I will, well, as was mentioned earlier in the story about the kid on a mission, God doesn't call us all to be exactly alike in how we live out our calling. Good. Because we are not all called to leave the work for others. Oh, okay. So we've got to do some stuff. And you all knew that. So this isn't like a surprise. Many, are he many who are here, I know, I can see, and I've heard. You have supported missions for a long time. Many of you who are here are very rich and well, well endowed in your faith. So you know that out of your abundance and sometimes out of your lacking, you have given money to missions. You have given offerings and you have given gifts to foreign missions and that is good. That's awesome, that's the stuff of blessings. And yet, we're still called to work the harvest that's around us. And that field is ripe and that field is waiting. Each of us has been given gifts by the Lord of the harvest. Some discern the needs of others. Some can hear the cry of those who are hurting. Some see lack, and they have tools to address the need. Each of us is called. Each of us is sent. How far are we sent, how far you are sent will differ. And I'm not here to tell you where to go. That would be presumptuous of me. You have the Holy Spirit, and he is calling you. One of the ancient forms of the liturgy, um, there's this part in the liturgy at the very end where the deacon stands up. And he goes to the place of the exit where everyone's been gathered together to, uh, to worship, and he says in a very loud voice, which might explain why I tend to be very loud at the back, Go! You are sent to love and serve the Lord. Alleluia! Alleluia! Thanks be to God. That's the old way. That's, that's one of the ways. We don't exactly say that, but go. You are sent. Let there be no question. But in case you still have a question, in just a few minutes, we will all pray this together. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do. To love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. Witnesses. Huh. Should I go into the meaning of witnesses? Ah, that's another message, another time. Let's skip it for now. But you are sent. All of us are sent. So what are you called to do? What are you called to do? What is your mission? What are you called to do? Well, first, we're called to pray. Different people do different things to make sure that they pray a prayer of mission. 
Some of them have it in the cycle of their daily prayers for folks that do that. Some of them add it into their prayers whenever it is they pray. Some of them pray it at dinner. That's cool. Some people will set an alarm on one of those goofy little devices that easily fits in your shirt and always goes off in church. And they set it to 9.35 a.m. to go off every day to remind them of Matthew 9.35 so that they're reminded to pray. And if you're a goofball who doesn't know how to turn off their ringer sometimes, he sets it to vibrate so that he can do that prayer without annoying everyone else in the meeting or wherever you're at at 9.35 in the morning. The idea is it reminds us to pray because it's the first part of our mission. It's what we're given to do. And isn't it right that you should start in prayer? It is. Second part. The Lord of the harvest has given us his increase. Many, many, many of you have been such awesome followers of Jesus Christ for so many years. Again, I say to you, it would be silly of me to suggest that I know what it is specifically you should do. But I do know this. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have taken theology. You don't have to have taken a class in hermeneutics. Hermeneutics, what is that? You don't have to be a graduate of um, apologetics. You just have to look with new eyes. You just have to hear with new ears. You have to pray to be refreshed by the Holy Spirit who will take you to those places of need. Today, there's a bunch going on in our city, I've been told. There's some event this afternoon. There's stuff going on. I don't know. Thought it was an early breakfast special. Apparently not. More to it than that. We're going to encounter folks who are a little bit stressed. We're going to encounter folks who uh, drive as though they learned they just learned to drive. <laughs> We're going to encounter folks who are in positions as we go through our day. And we have the ability to be Christ to them. The Holy Spirit is in you. You are the living stones that Peter spoke about. You are the ongoing incarnation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are called. You are sent. And you can be that moment of grace, that kindness. You can be more than that if God calls you. You can be kind of like that kid on a mission if God has called you to that place to annoy the person who's trying to finish their shopping, but they don't know it, but they have this holy appointment happening, and sometimes it works. I heard that that kid actually got someone to come to church with him, ultimately. That was part of the next chapter. Anyway, the point I'm saying is this. I want to assure you, it's easy to pray and it's easy to ask for small things. Remember, our God is not small. Our God is infinite. As Isaiah the prophet has told us, is it too light a thing that you should be my servants to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel? Will I, I will make you, each and every one of you, as a light to the nations that my salvation, which I have prepared before the face of all people, 
may reach to the ends of the earth. The Lord, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, it is he who has chosen you. Soon you will be sent to love your neighbor as yourself and to love and serve the Lord. Go, you are sent. Amen.